Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, we are here in the hangar where we keep the WSB Skycopter today. we got a special guest who actually just joined us in the helicopter. And we'll, we'll, we'll get a little lighthearted at the end and talk a little bit about the flight and everything. But here with Jenny Hardy, who is from... Montlick and Associates, and is a AAA board member, but I think most importantly, well, I know most importantly, Jenny, you're a mom, um, and your role as a mother and advocacy for your family and kids everywhere is, is, is what has led to what your number one mission is right now. So this is, I'm going to say the name wrong, and then you're going to correct me. It's, it's Child Seat Awareness Week. or Child tra- Passenger Safety Week. Child Passenger Safety Week. Well, okay. Yeah, it's better to call them not seats, right? Okay, we call them passengers. Okay, Child Sa- uh, Passenger Safety Week, and that's why we decided to get together here, Jenny, and sort of talk about what that is in general and then how it applies specifically to you. So can you just kind of give us your story about why, I mean, there's tons of moms out there, why you are so passionate about child seats and, and their safety, uh, child passengers and cars? Sure. So um, our family was involved in a car crash, um, in 2002 and we were on a quiet little rural road in South Georgia and there was an SUV coming towards us and there was a logging truck that was going to cross over the highway and the logging truck ran through a stop sign ignored the rumble strips and hit the tail end of the SUV and the SUV lost control and literally hit us and shaved off the whole left hand side of our van And we spun around two times and ended up in this deep ravine along the side of the highway that was so deep you couldn't see our vehicle from the side of the road. And the logging truck that caused the crash continued on and left the scene of the crash. So our crash has always been considered a hit and run. And um, we were able to crawl ourselves out of the vehicle. Um, But we learned right away, obviously, that Madison suffered the brunt of the impact and our girls at the time were five and six years old and I thought the children had to be riding in booster seats at the time but in fact in the state of Georgia the law at that time only went up till age four where several other states had it till age eight which was the best practice and what was recommended but Georgia law was weak at that time. Madison had to go through five surgeries to get herself put back together And after we kind of had her, you know, stable and put back together, I realized from conversations with doctors to surgeons to EMT workers to the police to everybody that had Madison and Abby not been riding in their booster seats, they would have never survived our car crash. So they said that even though Madison took the brunt, they said that about both Madison and Allie. Yes, yes. So what about a booster seat? And, and I'm so thankful because usually when you find these laws, there's, you know, like a Levi law for, for Levi Frady and he was missing and never, you know, never found alive or, or diff- these different laws are usually, the, usually the ending's a lot worse. And I, and I think it's particularly impressive that you were so, you, I mean, honestly, I get in a close call like that. I'm just, let's, maybe let's just walk away. Like, okay, let's count our, count our uh, winnings here and walk away. But, but you pushed hard and put yourself and, and 
frankly, you know, t- took on a big undertaking trying to get the the law passed. Before we ask the law, like, what is, or before I ask about the law, what is the booster seat actually do to a child to make them safer? Because I think of a car seat and it being sort of an all-encompassing thing, but a booster seat's a little different. I'm not a parent yet, so <laughs> so educate me and the audience, please. Sure. So a booster seat, a seatbelt is designed for an adult-sized body. Yeah. And a young child who's five, six, four, eight, whatever, even nine or ten years old, is not big enough to ride with just a seatbelt only. So the booster seat's purpose is to raise up or boost up that child so the seatbelt is fitting them correctly, where the seatbelt is going over their shoulder between their neck and their shoulder and not, you know, going across their neck and where the lap portion is going across their hips and not across their soft tummies. Because otherwise, for an example, that everybody said that in our event of our crash, if the girls hadn't been riding in booster seats, typically what we see happen is kids that are too small for the seatbelt are torpedoed out underneath of the seatbelt. Mm. And they have, after a crash, the seatbelt is still buckled, but that child has been torpedoed out underneath of the seatbelt. That, that's, that's just gruesome and incredible. And I remember being a five- or a six-year-old, and, and you said the law used to be four years old in Georgia. So I think I do remember that moment where I was a certain weight or a certain age. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. And I rode in the front seat all the time, by the way. I insisted. Mom rode in the back. Doug rode up front. Okay, that's how great a person I was as a kid. Okay, but, uh, (laughs) right. So, um... So that, that so it shows, and I, and I remember when this law passed, I was a teenager, and I think at the time I was like, ah, that's extreme, you know. I, I probably also didn't think people need helmets and all that either, but that was a long time ago. So so you you, you walk out of this, not unscathed, but certainly with a, a victory just personally. How quickly after that did you say, more needs to be done, we need to take this forward, and what was that process like? I know there's a lot, a lot of sinews to that, but how did you get from your house at Alpharetta to the Capitol? Yeah. So um, I just realized that Madison was the living proof that legislators and parents needed to show them that booster seats save lives. And we didn't need to wait for a fatality or another mom who lost their child to experience something so tragic before the law was changed. And I felt like, you know, we were the ones that could give the warning sign that the law needed to change. So probably within two months of our crash and getting Madison healed on the road to recovery and healing, um, I I just felt like, you know, I needed to do something that I wasn't going to let another mama, you know, real, you know, suffer the, the fatality of a child. And so probably within two or three months, I had made contact with an organization up in Washington called Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety who um, kind of laid out, you know, okay, this is what we need to do in our game plan. And then they said, the first thing you need to do is you need to go talk to your state representative and see what they say and ask them to carry the bill. So within two months, I found myself sitting in Representative Mark Burkhalter, at the time Representative Mark Burkhalter's office, explaining our story and asking him to carry the bill for me and would he sponsor it and right away he's like yep we'll do it and so he carried the bill for me in the in the house and so he carries the bill for you in the house and then it's but how long was the process here your crash was in july uh, the july the first of 02 uh, roughly 2003 then you're getting to the capital yeah. and then and then to, and then 2004 it passes like how, how like uh, at what point did you feel like okay this is going to happen 
Well, I certainly, of course, felt like as a mama on a mission, it was the right thing. And it felt as though it, to me and everybody that I would talk to about what I wanted to achieve, it felt like a no-brainer. But, of course, down at the Capitol, there's different rules that apply and there's different mentalities. And common sense doesn't enter the doors of the state Capitol, I was told early on. Um, so we dropped the bill into the hopper in January when the Georgia General Assembly said That's a good mom term, right? You know, not not to uh, be so gender specific, but moms know the hopper thing, okay? So I, I do the laundry at home, but in general, that was good, okay. <laughs> and um, so um, they dropped the bill in the hopper in January, and it went through the House and a cup, you know, it has to go through. It has to have first reads. It has to have second reads. It has to be assigned to a committee, and it went into the House Motor Vehicle Committee. Um, and because in 2003, that was the first of the two-year session for the Georgia General Assembly, and we got it through the House in 2003, but it didn't pass the entire legislative process. So we had to go back in 2004 and continue the process. And I'm sure that's frustrating. Like this is a no-brainer, right? So, what? What? Um, and I, you're not. You don't want to throw stones. I mean, the law has been passed now for 13 years. But what was the most surprising opposition you had to it? Well, the biggest surprise that I had was that um, representatives and senators were concerned about that it would be perceived as government intervention, and that you know, is this the role of government? to be telling parents how to take care and protect their kids. And my argument and feeling was that this government was formed and Thomas Jefferson penned this, the Constitution saying that the first and foremost role of government was to protect the lives of the people of this country. And seems to me that requiring the kids to ride safely in car seats and booster seats and wearing seatbelts for us adults is the primary role that this government was founded on and this country was founded on. I normally don't take too much of an editorial stance on anything outside of traffic, but anybody that's listening right now, I just want to say, uh, I'm a person that always struggles with how much government should be involved in something. And it's easy to say no to everything, but it does have to govern some things. So try to look at it as, and I, I do. I do implore anybody from that that likes to make a lot of laws. Listen, say, hey, hey, let's see how we can fix this before we make a law. But I implore people on the right and with that persuasion to say, look, come on. <laughs> there, there are some things we we tell when kids are allowed to smoke and drink, and and even when they can vote or buy lottery tickets or rent. You know, the insurance companies have rules about when kids quote-unquote rent cars usually 25 years old so let's think about things a little more a little differently and look at these one by one instead of just saying no to everything and 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 that this was back in 2004 and i think the the rhetoric's gotten different since then have you been involved with any more advocacy and i mean i know you're in different organizations but have there been other laws passed since then that you've had a role in or that your organizations have well so um the um, the law then did pass in 2004, and yeah, Senate- spoiler alert, I guess I got ahead of the <laughs> deal there. Okay, so say so passed in 2004. <laughs> it passed in 2004, and actually Senator Tom Price carried it for me in the Senate. But as far as other um, legislative issues, you know. Part of the process, and I agree that, you know, the government has its roles in in how much they should legislate and how much they should be involved in our lives. 
Um, but certainly the government has set a precedence in Georgia as far as previous laws that they've passed to protect the lives, whether that includes the drunk driving laws, the new ignition interlock device law, how you can not pass a school bus with the stop arm out. I mean, they have set the precedence already that they are willing to save lives on the highways. Um, as far as your question about what other um, activities have I been involved with, um, not so much with legislative issues, but certainly I'm involved with and have a passion and dedication for all things highway safety. And I do believe that part of it has to do with the education and advocacy for all types of highway and safety, that, that only through the education and making people aware and understanding what the dangers are can lives be saved and, you know, can we help each other to, you know, survive the ride through, the, you know, Atlanta and all around the country. So you were on your own, I guess, and, and consulting with a, a traffic safety group in Washington, D.C., then you get the law passed. What organizations have you joined since then, and how did this parlay into your role with Montlick and Associates now? Sure. So I've also worked at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I've been a car seat technician for 15 years since about since in um, April of 2003 when I became a technician. So I help with different organizations, different police departments. I help with the Governor's Office of Highway Safety as far as doing. Um, seat check events and like I said I worked at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta for years doing car seat education for parents that were um, patients there that whether or not they were had um, certain children that had special needs that they needed special car seats in order to transport their child I also um, work, I sit on the board of directors, like like you said, with AAA, um, and I do events with them and help spread the importance and the awareness of highway and traffic and child passenger safety as well. Um, I do I do now work with Motlick and Associates, and I am their program director for a new initiative we're launching called I Ride Safe, which is a new initiative having to do everything with driver and child and teen passenger safety, because we know nowadays that the teen passenger issues is becoming just, you know, more of a concern and that we're losing lots of teen lives due to, you know, driving and issues with that. I feel like... And I've talked with um, Woodrow Gaines, who runs a, an organization, a nonprofit that does teen, it's like police style teen driver education called the Teen Vehicle Operations Course. And he's someone who's passionate about teen safety. And, and he and I have talked, you know, before and even been, been and taught, interviewed for Gridlock Guy before and all that stuff. And he really thinks that this is sort of the, a killer that people aren't talking about that there's other things that people focus on. They'll focus in general on distracted driving for everybody, but it seems like with teens, it's it's getting swept under the rug a little more. And I compare, and I'm in the media now, and I compare media coverage now compared to when I was in high school. And I felt like back then, and maybe it's because I was a teenager then, but I heard way more about teen crashes and deaths in the news. And certainly if somebody doesn't die, there's not as much coverage of it because it's not as bad. So is that your perception as well that this is sort of like the it's sort of like the carbon monoxide of uh, of safety if you will like there's a an under attention to this yeah and i also feel as though you know it always gets more attention when there is a fatality involved sadly but we seem to forget how many crashes happen that people have life changing and life altering 
permanent injuries, whether that's a traumatic brain injury or a spinal cord injury or, you know, in, in the event of my daughter, you know, permanent scarring on her body as a result of our crash that, you know, she can't just hide away from. And, you know, kids continue to ask her, you know, where they all came from and what happened with all that. And I think, you know, that when it's a fatality, it gets the attention of the media, unfortunately. But there are so many car crashes that happen and that the result is, you know, a permanent life-altering injury. Yeah, and, and that's one we'll get people that call our traffic center and be like, hey, there's this terrible crash on at this time, and it was a time that I wasn't even working. And our job as traffic reporters, we tell about the crash, tell about the delays, we move on to the next crash. So you saw it in the helicopter this morning. Where the, the news team does the deep diving, and there's only so much, many resources they can have. And so you don't know how it turned out for somebody if – if they didn't, if they weren't DOA essentially, right. or they didn't die in the hospital immediately after, they could have even died two weeks later. But it's not attached to the wreck. So uh, I, I want to ask about Madison and Allie. You know, how, how are they doing now? How, how's your family now afterwards? And I mean, what's I guess that, that's fifteen years ago. So they're in their early twenties. What's what is their life? And, and, and do they have any involvement in your advocacy? They do. So, um, so right. So Madison and Abby are 20 and 21 years old now and they're good. They're, you know, good citizens and they're in college and they're junior and a, um, a senior in college now. Wow. A little head of scale. Okay. I like that. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, as far as Madison has been involved with me over the years with some advocacy, she and I have been up to Washington to Washington DC together to do some press conferences and some advocacy work. She has, the, the girls came with me, of course, when I was working on the legislation down to the Capitol, but they were so little. They weren't, you know, they were just kind of yeah. along for the ride. <laughs> Didn't they're, really. They're, they're like ornaments, like, come on, these girls are cute. Like, pass the bill. Yeah, okay, yes, come on. This is yes. who, hap- who it happened to. Yes. They didn't, of course, <laughs> at that time understand the magnitude and the importance of what I was trying to accomplish. Um, and Madison has helped me over the years with um, some commercials with Motlick and Associates. And Abby has as well. We're, um, like I said, going to launch this new um, program called I Ride Safe at Motlick. And Matt, both girls have been involved in the process with that and getting the word out and helping with some commercials that we're going to air soon. Yeah, that's great. And I loved, by the way, I said Allie a few times. <laughs> Abby, I'm sorry. And forgive me, Abby. If you hear this, I hope you do because kids listen to podcasts now. Here's Abby, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, and, and I love what Motlick did. There was an event back in the spring. I read your post on enddd.org. That's like Indistracted Driving, End dd.org your post that that recaps this whole thing and i love what they did because they actually had high school students make some videos that were about the subject right so motlick and associates sponsored this event um called road to safety that had was an organization that was doing a promotion um with the nine north fulton high schools where we asked the kids to um design a video that sends the message out about stopping distractions and how to end distracted driving and the kids you know they're so talented and they have so much ability to get the message out and it certainly makes a difference when it's a message coming from teens to teens and certainly adults as well but we got to start at the bottom and work our way up to stop those habits yeah and i think that's just genius of whoever came up with it to have that thought in their mind you know to I mean, it's it's different than making a video recapping Macbeth or something, right? That's something right. they're doing, you know. I mean, by the way, we had to 
do a video about or no, it was Hamlet. That's what it was. That's what we had to do. But okay, neither here nor there. Let's let's get a little lighthearted again. You got to fly on the WSB Skycopter on the second leg of our morning trip this morning. I was actually in for Smile and Mark McKay. He's normally our our morning uh, uh, traffic anchor. I'm usually in the afternoons. What was that like? And I mean, in comparison to some of the stuff you've done, you what what? How did this rank? Yeah, well, it was about a ten on or an eleven even <laughs> on the um, on the excitement and an opportunity. So I'm so grateful that you gave right. me that opportunity. <laughs> it was really awesome. I'd never been in a helicopter before, so to experience it and drive around the city and, and see the roof was open on the new Mercedes Benz Stadium and to see SunTrust Park and you know there was obviously a lot of traffic and the connector was shut down for a while and. But it was all super awesome, so thank you. Uh, I'm glad you got to do that there. We hear Travis, our mechanic back here, cranking up the tractor. We actually use these tractors to pull our helicopter in and out of the uh, hangar here. They're on dollies. That's how we're able to land them and get it back inside safely. So they're cranking up support now, so we pro- probably ought to buzz off. Do you have any uh, parting words here, Jenny, for people that want to learn more about this or, or just how they should practice going forward, uh, parents or not? Well, I think the most important thing to remind everybody about is we all have the opportunity to prevent a tragedy. We just have to make the right decision. And I always tell people there are no mulligans when it comes to a car crash, that you have one chance right. to put the seatbelt on, to put the child in a booster seat or a car seat, and for, with every trip and every time and everywhere you go, that you can't just say, I'm just running to the store, because that may be your time that you may experience a crash. So make sure you do it and buckle up every time for every trip. That's the thing that terrifies me most about being a parent is just sometimes I'll be careless and forget things just on my own. And it's one thing if it's just me, but to have another life in your hands is certainly that precious. Well, thank God that Madison came out of this, I mean, much better than most most people in such a severe crash do. And uh, blessings to the rest of you and hope they do well. Thank you so much. Right. Jenny Hardy here. I should have reminded people who this is. Jenny Hardy here from uh, Montlake & Associates and on the board of AAA. And she was the spearhead of Madison's Law that went in in 2004 to make booster seats be for kids six and older. Thanks, y'all, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon here on the Atlanta Traffic Podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.